You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Wednesday. We're back and doing it. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team generally every day. We're going to try to do a lot better now. Uh, Got some mental things, hopefully getting closer to being under control. But anyway, uh, so we are back here on this Wednesday, and we are going to talk about, finally, the spring game, which will happen on Saturday. Um, and uh, one fun thing is I forgot that I'm allergic to field turf and you know, met the wrath of that uh, over the weekend after that was all said and done. But uh, to give you all my thoughts, I know we're a couple days delayed, but uh, give you all my thoughts about what uh, what transpired, some different things that – uh, we're encouraging things that I, I'm not going to say weren't like we're discouraging. So I don't think there was anything that I looked at and said it was completely discouraging um, because well, we'll get into the reasons why. We'll start actually with that. Um, obviously, you wanted to see a little bit more of a high flying offense, given all of the components that they have there. However, this isn't exactly what we're going to see. And I think one of the things like Cade McNamara said uh, after the the game was, you know, we, we weren't exactly putting out types of things that we're necessarily going to do come the season. We're not trying to have our opponents know what what our offense is going to look like exactly, right? Uh, so I think that's that's one element. Number two, it wasn't like it was uh, A team versus B team or anything like that, you know? This wasn't just uh, like a lot of spring games, and even here in Ann Arbor, we've seen a lot of them where that's uh, it's the, uh, the A offense versus the B offense and the A defense versus the B offense. This wasn't that. This was a draft, uh, so you could kind of pick and choose what players did well, right? It was almost like a fantasy football-type scenario. You know what I mean? So I think that with that in mind, it really wasn't uh, wasn't anything that you can sit there and say, well, yeah, it." and this is going to kind of fly in the face of one of my other points, but uh, I think that to some degree you're not going to have that typical cohesion, right? In a normal circumstance, you're going to have either Kate or J.J., with a full complement of weapons, not half of it, you know? So I think that that's, that's one thing uh, that uh, is, it doesn't, didn't really trouble me, uh, especially the offense does usually take a little longer than defense to kind of get going, but at the same time, this is like a, basically a returning offense. But at the same time, we were, we were really seeing more of Alan Bowman and Davis Warren, both of who actually did pretty well in the game. Uh, you weren't necessarily, you know, there was no Ronnie Bell, of course, still. Um, you were still seeing some of the receivers and, and everything, but it wasn't really that high flying, uh, which is fine. I think that's absolutely fine, especially in April, right? And you keep in mind, hey, if it doesn't look high flying the first game, guess what? Second game's also a cupcake. And after that, they're just going to continue to be that until Iowa, really. Well, maybe Maryland, depending on if Maryland figures out how to play defense, but generally that's kind of what we're looking at. Um, so, uh, I'm not that discouraged by that. I am very encouraged by Blake Corum who comes in and still looks like Blake Corum. I thought that that was an excellent showing for him for the limited amount that we saw him. Uh, I thought that he, uh, he looked exactly like you would expect. He's going to be a problem. And I think that the, the good news there is I question like without Hassan Haskins and it's, it's a dumb question, right? Because Blake Corum was the guy that we talked about for the most part all season until he got hurt. And then Haskins really stepped up and did his thing. 
So with that in mind, uh, it's it's kind of like okay, he did what we wanted to see him do. We still haven't seen. Um, we didn't really see Donovan Edwards do anything particularly special or important, but he wasn't out there for very long. Clearly, he knows that just because we don't see it doesn't mean it can't happen. You know what I mean? I mean, we obviously have seen those glimpses. Uh, who we did see come out and have a really good game was Tavier Dunlap. He got the bulk of the carries. He looked really good doing it. I thought that he kind of really cemented himself. He made himself look like, okay, third, he's the third back. He's the guy. You know, he's the one that we're going to be probably seeing as uh, in that role, which you would expect for, from a scholarship player in his second year. Uh, so I think that that's really encouraging. Really, generally, that position was really encouraging on offense. Tight end, offensive line, really encouraging. I think there's just a lot of bodies at wide receiver. And uh, there, there's going to be a lot to parse through as a result. But uh, obviously, got some looks at Darius Clemens and uh, Marion Walker. Tyler Morris did not play. But uh, we got a looks at those two, and they both looked great, and particularly Clemens with that touchdown that he had diving into the end zone. There was a point in which I wanted to see Cornelius lay out, but again, it's not a real game. But I feel like that's something like we've seen from Cornelius. Like he isn't necessarily lay out. Doesn't I, I say doesn't necessarily, but we have also seen him lay out. You know, like you know, or slide up towards the end zone against Ohio State. But again, difference between playing in a spring game playing against Ohio State. Um, we saw some little ticky-tacky dumb things like him staying in bounds. Situational football, that didn't help matters. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, ultimately, like the offense was okay. It wasn't like, oh, man, now look at this offense. It's just super good. It's just super great. But there were a lot of little parts. Obviously, the offensive line... Just fantastic. Absolutely fantastic what we saw from just kind of across the board. Olu Oluwatimi is a road grader out there. He's going to step in just fine. Uh, it, it seemed like, uh, for the most part, the guys that were on the line, they missed, they, they'd missed. miss an early blitz, and this was, I believe, the blue team that missed it on the maze team, which was especially because it came off of that left side. That's a little troubling, but it's just one, right? Uh, I mean, you've got a lot of veterans, and I thought that you saw the depth, you know. You, you got to see some of those guys like Jeffrey Percy, who we haven't seen yet, and I thought he did quite well. You got to see uh, Carson Barnhart's return. You got to see some guys out of position, right, like Zach Zinter playing center. I mean, that's interesting, uh, but obviously he's not going to play center. It's going to be Olu. Uh, we got to see Greg Crippen playing not center, but that's – likely because he has a cast on his hand. So, uh, nonetheless, I, th I thought it, I thought it was a good showing for the, uh, for the offense, not a great showing, but a good showing. Um, but we are going to continue talking about the offense, uh, and then we'll move into the defense, but cause I want to talk about one other element of it here momentarily, but before we do, I got to tell you a little something about built bar. I'll tell you, I was, uh, I, I had an appointment that ran long yesterday and uh, so I didn't get to do the podcast. I didn't get home until super late. I was famished. I went to the well, and that well is Built Bar. You don't know what Built Bar is. They are these incredibly filling, absolutely delicious protein bars that taste like a candy bar. Normally, I have two at a time. I had just one. Did it for me. 
130 calories, 20 grams of protein, low, uh, so it's low calorie and it's also low carb. Everything that I'm looking for as I uh, attempt to get back into my playing shape, playing what? I don't know. But nonetheless, uh, I put my money where my mouth is. I have bought so many boxes of Built Bar. It's my favorite. It's my go-to. So do like me. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. That's Built.com. Promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off of your next order of Built Bar. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so let's continue on here. Uh, and I want to talk about one of the, uh, one aspect of the offense that certainly uh, is going to be always a talking point. And before we get to the, to the, the bigger issue at hand here, uh, I want to say Davis Warren really showed why he's getting talked about so much in the, uh, throughout spring. Uh, if you didn't know, he had leukemia, overcame leukemia. He's from Southern California. But not originally. I mean, that's where he went to, to school, but he or finished out school. He's from Suffield Academy, uh, which you might know is, uh, I believe that's where Brad Hawkins finished his career, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I might be. But, um, yeah, I think that uh, he is, uh, he, he certainly could be that number three guy. Not that it matters to have a number three guy, per se. I mean, it does, right? Because you see, we saw Ohio State get down to a, th- you know, win a national championship with the third quarterback. And, I mean, Michigan's got an embarrassment of riches right now at quarterback because they're really high on some of those other walk-on types. Jesse Madden, and obviously we talked about Davis Warren. We got to see a little bit of Alex Orgy. Um, we didn't get to see Jaden Denegal. Uh, but uh, it's uh, – and then obviously there's the top two. It's Caden uh, J.J. But we got to see uh, see some of these guys do pretty well. Orgy looked really, uh, really good running the football. I didn't get to see this run in person because I was walking down the sidelines during the play, but uh, I rewatched it on tape, and it's like, man, that guy could be a problem if you put him in as a dual threat, which is obviously the point. And he obviously seems like he's ahead of uh, on on the depth chart of Jaden Denegal at this juncture since Michigan put him in. So excited to see what happens there. Now that said, of course, wasn't particularly encouraging performance by Cade McNamara. And uh, certainly that's got people that I know I, I, I'm not very often on the Twitter sphere, so I can't really say for sure, but I would imagine there's a lot of people out there, hopefully not listeners of this program, but uh, people out there who are seeing Cade, you know, start up one for five, not looking particularly sharp and being like this Davis Warren guy, he's, you know, maybe it should be him and versus JJ. I'd like to remind you of a couple things, if that's your mentality. Number one, Cade, Big Ten champion, starting quarterback, beat Ohio State. And, you know, he was in for the majority of that that game there. He, uh, he won the job for a reason. 
the real quarterback competition will start when JJ's healthy, and I'm sure it will be a real competition. I don't think they're just going to hand the keys to Cade. But going one for five against your own defense, okay, it's fine, right? <laughs> it, it, it's okay. Again, he wasn't trying to show, like, oh, here's what I can do. They know what he can do. He can win the Big Ten. He can beat Ohio State. All right? And uh, that, that quarterback competition will begin in earnest between those two players, him and J.J., in the fall. And if it's if it's Cade, guess what? You know, he, he can still get better. He can still do some things. He can uh, up the ante in a bunch of different ways. Uh, you know, he can... We, we saw him get better throughout the year last year. You know, he wasn't making throws like he did to Roman Wilson in the end zone against Penn State or some of the throws he made against Ohio State earlier in the year. But he was making them by the year's end. Just because we didn't see him uh, at, at the uh, spring game doesn't really matter. Uh, additionally, uh, I'd like, it made me harken back to, I remember when everyone was in 2017 after Brandon Peters came in and looked better than Wilton Spate and John O'Corn in the spring game, people wanted Brandon Peters. How how has that all worked out? Not saying that any of the three have been, uh, it, none of them are doing any, any NFL things. I mean, we'll see about Brandon because he's going to the draft this year. But, you know, it's Wilton Spate had a really good year. And then it was a little bit of a struggle at the beginning of 2017, playing with pretty much all freshman receivers in an atrocious offensive line. John O'Corn had one good game, and then it was hit or miss. Brandon Peters was okay, you know. He didn't elevate things either. So it's a, it, always a careful what you wish for type situation. Again, I'm not saying that people are out there wishing for it. I'm just kind of imagining that that's probably the case. But I was sitting there thinking about it while rewatching the spring game, and I was like, I bet you there are people watching this and seeing Davis Warren make all these incredible throws. And some of them were really actually pretty incredible and being like, maybe that should be the guy. You know what? You know, it's, I, I am a trust the coaches person. And here's the reason why, because the coaches, they see a lot more than we see. And that doesn't mean they're always right, but more often than not, they probably are because they see every practice. They see every you know, what happens in every meeting and Cade brings more to the table than just, uh, this is something that I was talking about with Jake, Butt on Sunday, it's like, you know, it's not just making the throws. It's what's in between the ears as well. And, uh, Jake, I'll let Jake say this probably. I'm sure we're going to try to have him on sometime within the next week, but I'll let Jake elucidate more on this, but he, like, he brought up, he's like, listen, I played with Peyton Manning and he, you know, he, he was always checking down at the beginning of games, and that's the smart thing because it loosens up the defense. Cade does kind of the same thing. It's, it's, uh, there, there's some strategy that goes to what, uh, the type of way that Cade plays that, uh, I find really interesting. So, all right, let's move on to the defense here in a moment. But before we do, uh, listen, got to tell you a little something about our friends over at Rock Auto. With ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brands that their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. 
Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why spend up to th- you know, 30, 50, 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and the Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car could ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, we're going to finish out here momentarily. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, thank the people who took part of the run our run your pool bracket. This is the first time I've been back since the uh, championship. Trent Noop thought he was going to win, hands down, a couple rounds ago. CT Foster 87, the winner, though. So you're going to have to send me your Venmo name. If you DM me on Twitter, if you're listening, you DM me on Twitter. I will, uh, I, I will, because I don't know. I, I can, I guess I could try to figure out how to contact you from here, but I don't know. Uh, but I, uh, I will Venmo you $100, as promised. Good work. One with 103 points. I was seventh out of nine with 44 points because I had Gonzaga winning my bracket completely busted pretty early. But nonetheless, CT Foster 87, congratulations. Appreciate you, uh, and everyone else for uh, coming and, and playing along. Uh, all right, let's talk about the defense. I thought the defense in the spring game was a super pleasant surprise. And I know this flies in the face of the whole idea of like, yeah, they're split units and whatever. You know, this was a draft situation, not the A versus B and vice versa. But man, you saw so much different, so many different pressures. You saw pressures coming from the inside. Yeah, we didn't see a ton from like Upshaw and Mike Morris and 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 those guys. We saw a little Chris Jenkins, saw a little Mozzie who's just moving people. Uh, we we saw a little bit of everything. I just thought that really they're flying to the football. We're seeing all kinds of guys that are taking part, and uh, I thought the linebackers in particular were impressive, and uh, I, that's a quality issue, right? Like in the sense of. Uh, you know, that that continues to be my big question mark. Not because I don't think that they're they're not good enough or anything. It's just that they don't have a ton of guys, and we still aren't seeing a ton there either, right? Obviously, Clell Mullings playing both sides of the ball. That was a surprise. That was great to see. But uh, you know, he he was out there. He made a couple plays on defense. He made some plays on offense as well. Uh, Michael Barrett had a couple big plays. Nakai Hill Green I thought looked solid. Obviously, Junior Colson looked good. We got to see a little bit of Jaden Hood. Joey Velasquez, if they can really have those uh, those guys take that step forward, then that's awesome. I feel a lot better about that front seven. But guess what? I also feel really good about that back four, uh, no matter who was out there. I thought that we saw some you – know, we saw a couple guys get beat here and there. But I think the, one of the more impressive things that I noticed, because if memory serves – again, I could have a faulty memory here, but if memory serves, last year – at near the end of the year, the corners, the balls in the air are still mostly clutching and grabbing and kind of just trying to get away with it. Certainly in the middle of the year, they were. There were plenty of times that I was on the sidelines and was like down near the end zone or in the end zone. I'm like, well, that's a pass interference that they got away with and uh, didn't end up uh, going the bad way for them whatsoever, you know? So the thing that I noticed in this one, in the spring game, Every time the ball was in the air, no matter who it was, DJ Turner, Jamon Green, 
Will Johnson. I saw Jalen Perry. I saw them turn their head back and look for the ball. That is a new thing for the Michigan secondary. I thought that was awesome. Not now, it, it you don't have to turn back and look for the ball, right? You can be coached one of two ways, but clearly Michigan trying to move on from the Don Brown style of doing things, and it can be technically correct to not turn back and look for the ball. You look for the guy to raise his arms, and you put your hands in there to try to break up the pass. But if you're a team that wants to especially take advantage of the fact that maybe you aren't going to get the same pass rush you had when you had two first-round NFL draft picks who set records for you, and you want to try to get more takeaways, then probably going to be a good idea to look for the ball. That's how you can change things defensively, particularly, is if they can, if they can become ball hawks in that type of fashion, if the pass rush is just good, not elite, but good, it might be elite, we don't know yet, keep everything in front of them, just be solid, take the ball away, that could be a game changer. Absolute game changer. So really liked what I saw from the defense kind of wholly, like on both, you know, both the blue team and the Mays team. I mean, the game was 2012. I had, I knew in advance what the, the rosters were going to be. I thought the blue team was going to win by like 30-something points. Wasn't the case. Both sides looked really good defensively, and I'm excited to see what, uh, what the, where they go from here. All right, we're going to continue on with uh, probably a little bit more in uh, looking back at the spring here for probably for a week or so, uh, especially because we got the mailbag coming up. It will be Thursday, I promise you that, barring some kind of emergency. But uh, I put the question out on Twitter, so ask your question for the mailbag, which will return to Thursdays, hopefully in perpetuity. Uh, but anyway, other than that, that'll do it for us today. Thank you for watching and or listening. Uh, appreciate you. We will talk to you soon. Peace.